Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Renee Watt with us, and uh, we are going to get into some incredible things tonight. She was introduced to divination at 10 years of age, has continued to develop abilities that have been passed through the generations of her family. Her expertise has been featured in Cosmo, in Style, Teen Vogue, Bustle, Girl Boss, Vogue UK, and many other publications. She also hosts a weekly podcast called The Glittercast, co-hosts the occult live stream Betwixt the Shadows, and she is a psychic and a witch. Renee, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, 10 years old has started. What happened? (laughs) Well, my eldest brother had a girlfriend at the time who had a tarot deck. And, you know, my sister and I were close to her, and so she showed us her tarot cards. And immediately I was just so fascinated by the imagery and the idea that I could tell the future was, you know, seemed really exciting to me. So I saved up my allowance for several weeks, and then she took me to a New Age shop, and I bought the Rider Waite deck, and that's when I had my first tarot deck, which I took to school. I, at recess, almost every day I was giving tarot readings to my peers, and at sleepovers, it was the same thing. So I just really latched onto it immediately. What did your friends say? I mean, I think they thought it was really cool and interesting as well. And, you know, they pretty much were were there for it because they were active participants, you know. And, and I would get requests for readings. And, you know, of course, I was 10, so who knows how serious the questions were. It was, you know, probably, um, you know, little kids, boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. But it was still, you know, I think that people just hadn't really ever been exposed to anything like that. And so they were naturally interested. Why do so many people, Renee, think that witches and witchcraft uh, is evil? I mean, I think that stigma stems from, you know, witches are very, very powerful because they, you know, they, they implement their will on, you know, just to sort of elicit change that they want. And they find ways to achieve their goals through ritual. And I think for some people, they're afraid of it, you know, maybe because there was a projection happening there, they're afraid of their own power. But also, I mean, that stigma dates back to women who were healers that the church didn't like, you know, (laughs) and so it was a Hmm. way to demonize the practice a little bit. And you're into tarot cards and all of these. When did you decide to use this and go for this as really a career, a professional career? So that was actually kind of, you know, never anything that I thought I was going to do. And I just didn't actually take myself seriously as someone who was psychic or someone who read it was just a hobby to me until I was about 28 and I was, you know, fresh out of a divorce and decided I was going to go on a cross country road trip. At the time, it was uh, a very hodgepodge comedy tour. I used to do stand up comedy. And I, you know, I, I was based out of Phoenix, Arizona at the time, and I was all the way in Louisville, Kentucky, and I had a gig fall through, and that was my gas money to get home. And so I, the only way that I could think to make money was to go down to New Orleans with my tarot cards, and I set up in the French Quarter, and I read for tourists, and that when it, that's when it sort of clicked that, I, you know, it was very well received that 
it gave me the confidence that I needed to pursue it. And so from there, it was just a matter of building up my client base and sort of creating a platform for myself so people could find me. Well, you went through a divorce, you said. So did you uh, put a spell on him or a curse or anything like that? <laughs> you know, I didn't. I actually think that it's way more powerful to take that energy and direct it towards self-improvement and direct it yep. towards what you want to become an evolved past. I think that any negativity that you direct towards anyone else is really just a waste of your own potential because you could be focused on, you know, better stuff. And it comes back and gets you too, doesn't it? I think it can. I definitely think it can. There's, you know, the jury's out amongst different witches, but I'm always leery of that, you know. I believe in karma, so I don't ever want to put anything bad out there for that reason. We used to have a witch uh, that she called the good witch that would come on our program a lot, Renee, uh, from the 90s through 2000s. She, she passed away, uh, Evelyn yeah. Paglini. Okay. And uh, wow. But she was, she was really into candles and the colors of candles to cast good spells on people. Are you into that, too? Yes, absolutely. I definitely will keep a variety of different colored candles around my room. And depending on my mood, sometimes I work, you know, you can color code with the chakra system, the Western chakra system, or you can color code with planetary magic. And so I work with both of those systems, and it just sort of depends on what I'm feeling that day. But you know, if I feel like I need a gentle, loving presence in my house, I'll light a pink candle. If I'm feeling low energy and I need to sort of amp things up a bit, I'll go with yellow or gold. Tell us now about your magical and psychic practice. How does that work? So with my psychic practice, you know, again, stemming from that sort of, uh, you know, working with the chakras, what I'll do is usually when I take a client, I will ask for a photo of them and I'll channel them for about 20 minutes before I actually speak with them. And I will go through all of their different chakras. And with that, I'm able to sort of piece together information about them or behavioral patterns. So, for example, if I saw someone who, you know, their, your root chakra, it's your connection with reality, and it can tell me information about the space that you're living in. So if I can tell from someone's root chakra that they're not really taking care of their body or, you know, maybe their house seems messy, and then I go up to their heart chakra and I feel a broken heart. Well, then I'm like, oh, this person's probably not taking care of themselves because they just had a breakup. And, you know, or if I, if I see, you know, stuff they don't necessarily put themselves out there because they have confidence issues with their solar plexus and their throat chakra feels, you know, clogged up, which is the way that you use your voice, then I'm like, okay, this person has, you know, a hard time putting themselves out there. They're worried about being judged. They're worried about, you know, people thinking that are that their ideas might not be good ideas. And then I can sort of help them unpack that and give them, you know, ideas of ways that they can use magic to work with it. Now, what does shadow work consist of? So shadow work is, it's not fun work. <laughs> it's not? It's, well, it's not because, you know, it's really about taking accountability for why you're unhappy. And so with that, you have to analyze the role that you play in your, in your dissatisfaction. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to admit that they engage with triggering habits. And for that reason, they're angry a lot of the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Now, is it dabbling with a darker side of life? 
No, I would say, you know, if you're looking at sort of light, light work as coming into consciousness, shadow work is the subconscious. So it's the pieces of yourself that you aren't necessarily working with because you're not bringing it to your own attention and you're not focusing on it because it's easier to run from. And a lot of this comes from, you know, conditioning what we were brought up with. You know, if you were raised in a household that's messy and now you are a messy person, like that's just, that's like, that's a form of shadow work. It's not as serious, (laughs) but, um, that could also be like if you're if you're unhappy in your relationships, but you never are able to, you know, you have a lot of failed relationships, but you're never quite able to uh, realize where your fault was. You know, if you're always like, oh, this person was a jerk and this person was a jerk and why can't I find a nice guy? Well, a relationship works two ways. So there's got to be something that you're doing on some level that's attracting this type of relationship over and over and over again. And so, you know, it could just be that you're too much of a people pleaser and so you don't assert yourself and that's why you keep ending up in these relationships where you feel like you're taken for granted. And so it's really about analyzing, you know, what those patterns are like and then, you know, there's discomfort in, okay, well, now I have to change that about myself and now I have to get more comfortable with expressing my needs or saying what I want or saying what I need even though that's not what I'm used to. Who decides whether to dabble with that kind of work, shadow work, the client or you? So I think that it has to be the client. I definitely think that, you know, even outside of people that I speak with, anyone who's looking to, you know, it's an introspective sort of practice, and it's focused on self-improvement. And so, you know, if I am dealing with a client and, and I'm recommending shadow work, it does sound scary, but there is a lot of compassion that comes with it. And usually the first thing that I'll recommend is meditation, uh, just so that people can feel comfortable with silence and feel comfortable with their own emotions. Can you perform uh, rituals and what are they? So I think that rituals are a really cool part of shadow work. And for me, you know, if there's something that I know I need to change about myself, procrastination is a big thing for me. <laughs> I have some procrastination issues sometimes. And so, you mean, you, know, you mean personally? Personally, yeah, there's some procrastination that happens. Okay. And so, you know, if I know that I'm, if, if I know that I'm being that way, if I know that I'm procrastinating, I might do a banishing ritual for that specific habit. And to do that, it's very simple. I just take a black candle and I will anoint it with sage oil. Whenever you're doing the banishing, you want to banish it from, you want to anoint the candle from base to wick so that you're pushing out. And so I will say I'm banishing procrastination as I'm dressing Mm. this candle with sage oil and then I'll light it. And, you know, obviously I have to, take accountability. I can't just banish it. You know, I still have to work on myself, but I think that that sort of communicates to the other side or to the universe what my intentions are. But I also think that in a lot of ways, magic is hacking your own psyche and setting intentions are powerful and going into a ritual to decide that you're going to change yourself in a specific way is one step further than just saying it. Now you mentioned Renee, you used a black candle for a ritual. 
What makes you decide what color to use and what do the colors do? So black is typically a color that you will use to get rid of something. A lot of the times it's, you know, based with negativity. And so black is just sort of like it, it will take that away from you. And what would white do, for example? White is actually, it's kind of multifunctional, which is nice because white candles are a lot easier to come by. You can pick them up at the grocery store if you need to. Right. And so a white candle, because there's so much purity, you can really, you know, set any intention with it. Um, Usually if I'm using a white candle, I will just sort of try to focus what it is that I'm trying to, the change that I'm trying to elicit or what it is that my intention is or what my spell is into the candle as I'm holding it. It's almost like I'm in a meditative state and I'm trying to push uh, this energy into the candle before I light it. Can people do this without being a witch? Absolutely. Uh, It's definitely, you know, it doesn't have to be something that you use ritual for. I just like that because I am a witch. But any time that someone, you know, takes a step back and really looks at themselves and decides that they're going to make changes, that's shadow work. They might not call it that, but that's what that is. And it seems to me, Renee, that positivity is really important to doing some of these rituals and spells. Is it? Totally. Because the thing is, you're working with your psyche in a way that's heavy, and you're you're sort of you know, experiencing pain that you've already experienced, but in a way where you're analyzing it instead of just feeling it. And for that reason, you need to be able to sort of accept and release the past. So if you have trauma surrounding something that happened to you in the past, you know, thinking about it, those emotions will come up and then you have to decide, okay, I can't change the past. I'm just going to promise myself to be better in the future. or I'm not going to end up in this situation in the future. And I know things now that I didn't know then, or I didn't have control of the situation then. And so I'm going to release, you know, I'm going to release the pain around that and work towards a lighter, brighter future. Renee's website is rainbowglitterstar.com, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Renee, give us an example of a ritual you performed when a client came to you, what was their situation? No names given, of course. What what was their situation? And then what did you do? And then what were the results? So I do, um, I had a client who was really hung up on their ex and really wanted their ex back. And I don't, I don't do that. (laughs) I don't like, I don't like to put spells on specific people. And so I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do a spell to try to bring your ex back. You don't. You, you just don't like that area, do you? No, I don't like that. I just, you know, I think that... When move, you, move on, people, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, if you're trying to do a love spell on a specific person, there's some element of obsession that's going on that I just don't like touching. And I don't like, I don't like to feed into that either. Um you know, no no shade thrown at any witches who do that. It's just not my practice. Okay, so, so, what, I, so what happened? So I, uh, I told her what I would do is I would do sort of like a self-love slash attraction 
spell on her. So it would help her sort of love herself and get over the breakup, but it would also sort of bring an attraction to her aura, which I believe is achieved through self-love anyway, uh, so that she can attract new partners. And it was actually interesting because I told her when I was going to be doing this spell, because I, you know, I'm an astrologer as well, and so I timed it based off of what well, I you thought. got many hats there, Renee, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, I started when I was 10, so I had to stay interested. Sure. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she wrote me the next day, and she said, I, I dreamt that you were doing this spell, and I felt really comforted, and I felt really loved. And so that was a good feeling for me that, that it was working. And as result, what happened for her? I actually haven't touched base with her since then, so maybe I will after this. Maybe she happens. fell in love with somebody. Who knows, she's right? She's too busy to get readings because she's got a new boyfriend. <laughs> what kind of subjects do people come to you for? You know, it's a, it's a lot of love, and it's a lot of career. Love, I'm career, happy, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to say that it's mostly career, but love comes in there, too, and I think both are valid reasons. What about health? Do they come to you for health issues? Yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. That's less common, though. With what you do, could you call it prayer? Yeah, definitely. And prayer works. We know that. Yeah, and I think that's a really important part of shadow work as well, because a lot of the times when you're going into it, you're not in a, you're not in a good place. You know, you're feeling uninspired. You're feeling unhappy. And so you've got to sort through that. And it's a, it's a bummer to feel that way. And so I always recommend to my clients, you know, say, I'm calling in my optimism. I'm calling in my joy. I'm calling in my creativity. I'm calling in my happiness just to attract that energy and to attract that mindset to help take you out of that dark place. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.